the practice of mindfulness in your daily life. Um, as with everything else, over 2,500 years, different methods have developed for doing this. And the Buddha taught in the Satipatthana Sutra a stepwise method of increasing uh, increasing your mindful awareness uh, starting with the body and practicing in your daily life being aware of the body uh, as body uh, no, and, and doing this with simple things to start with that well one of the one of the things I should stress with this is that you really can't practice mindfulness in your daily life without doing the sitting practice that's necessary to develop the concentration and the power of mindful awareness. And so when he taught this, he first said, the first part of this was, you go to the forest, an empty place, foot of a tree, uh, and you sit down and placing your mindfulness before you, then mindfully you breathe in, mindfully you breathe out and you go through the stages all the way to the calming of the bodily formation. So you develop concentration and mindful awareness. Then having done so, though, you start out in your daily life just trying to be aware of, of the gross, in the, in, in the grossest sort of way, of what's going on with your body. When you're standing, I'm standing. When you're sitting, you're sitting. When you're uh, walking, you're walking. When you're lying, you're lying. Um, then moving beyond that to an awareness of the purpose behind that. Well, I was walking and now I am sitting. Why am I sitting? Or in going forth or going back and turning right and turning left. Uh, and he goes on and, uh, you know, in a progressive way, you see you're, 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 you're focusing on, you're practicing learning to be aware of the body. And then he moves it on until you're aware of eating, uh, chewing, defecating, urinating, putting your clothes on. Uh, uh, he goes through all this list. So you just become more and more aware of what's happening in the body. And then you become, you become aware of your body as this aggregate of sensations, which it is. And then once once you've become, uh, or once you're starting to become well-established in mindfulness of the body, then you start becoming established in mindfulness of, of the feelings, of pleasant and unpleasant. So of, in this aggregate of sensations, every sensation is associated with a feeling of pleasant, unpleasant, or neither. Then further beyond that, as you become aware of that, you realize that although the feeling itself may be pleasant, you may have mental associations with it that produce a feeling of unpleasant. And so in the mindfulness of the feelings, there is the pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral uh, that uh, is arising in the body. And then there is, are the feelings of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral that are arising in the mind. And these are two different things. And you see that one is downstream of the other. You experience a sensation which may be pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Then there is a conceptualization a, you have previous associations, attachments, aversions, whatever. And so then there's a secondary downstream mental feeling that arises of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, which may be the same and reinforce the pleasant feeling uh, or the, the physical feeling, or may be completely the opposite and overwhelm it. You know? 
having become aware of feelings, of the body and of feelings, then you practice being aware of the mental states as they arise and pass away and as they constantly shift and change. And then becoming skilled in that, then you become aware of the phenomena that arise, your experiential phenomena uh, as they arise and how all of these things are related. Uh, I do a weekend workshop, which hopefully I'll be doing sometime in January, February at TCMC on this particular method. It's hard to go into it all at once. Anyway, it, it is one approach, stepwise becoming more and more mindful. Another method that I really recommend for everyone because it's a way of beginning to change the way you are and the karma that makes you the way you are is to initially at least choose some particular thing that is problematic for you that you would like to change. So it could be a tendency to anger. It could be a tendency to desire or lust. Uh, It could be well, there's many things it could be. It could be uh, the that you find that you are a uh, an ungenerous and grasping person, and that this is something you want to change. Choose just some aspect of the way you are that you would like to change, and practice being mindful of that. So, take for example that it is if it is anger. You want to come to the place of clearly understanding that the anger that arises in you is a destructive emotion. The first person that it hurts is you. That it, it and, and then it causes you to do things that uh, bring further suffering to yourself and others, and that you would be better off without it. Right? How this comes about, though, first of all, the, what a person discovers is that every time they get angry, they forget to be mindful and observe. So you use reflection. Once a day, you reflect and you ask yourself, well, okay, when did I, when did I get angry today? And this will help you become aware. Uh, it will help you to become aware, but through the reflection that you do today, then tomorrow you may be aware of anger at the time it arises. Or maybe not at the time it arises, but but not too long afterwards. So reflection will gradually bring you to the place that you want to be, where you're aware either whenever anger arises or very soon thereafter, and you can get to the place where you can examine the anger with mindfulness. You just examine, what, what does that mean? First of all, it means that you don't attach to it. You don't identify with it. You... You don't say, I am anger. You say, anger is arising. And your anger arises through the past causes and conditions. All that you can do is change the causes and conditions so it won't arise in the future. So you don't reject it. You don't condemn yourself. You don't blame yourself for becoming angry. You just recognize it. Oh, yes, there's anger. Of course there's anger. I created the causes and conditions over and over in the past. And it's not what that person said that caused me to get angry. It's the conditioning that I did in the past. But you just observe it mindfully. And you observe it in the body. How does anger make me feel physically? How does anger make me feel mentally? Uh, what does anger make me do? That mindfulness penetrates into the, the deeper layers of your mind. And the result is not only do you come to a place where you're mindful every time you become angry, 
but you also anger becomes less strong or anger begins to be this fleeting thing that it comes up in your mind club you recognize it but it has no power compulsive power to take you over and at some point it may cease to arise what this does is you now have established a pattern ability of being mindful of things in your of, of one aspect of your daily life so you, now you begin to expand that to other things um, one part of the Eightfold Path is called uh, right effort and this is something that the Buddha taught about in, in many sutras and what it is it is through the through the power of mindfulness in your daily life recognizing when something unwholesome has arisen and causing that to pass away letting go of that recognizing the unwholesome that has not yet arisen and preventing it from arising and recognizing the wholesome that has arisen and causing it to remain and recognizing the the wholesome that has not arisen and causing it to arise and this is a practice of right effort and this can only be achieved through practicing mindfulness in your daily life so if you begin to practice mindfulness starting with some single personality characteristic using reflection as a tool you can expand your mindfulness in this way if you have an understanding of the Dharma through this focusing of mindfulness on what's taking place in your life you will see the you will see the insubstantiality and impermanence of not just situations and objects but also of mental states and of the, the projections of your mind you'll see their dependent and conditioned nature and you'll see how they're changed and insight will arise out of that then another another way of applying mindfulness in your life that will both produce changes in the reality that you live in and the kind of being that is experiencing that reality while at the same time if, if you have a basic understanding of the doctrine and of the insights that you need to find will make them available and this is through the practice of directing and sustaining attention once again it's founded in your meditation practice in your meditation practice you become skilled at directing and sustaining your attention you recognize when the mind has wandered from your meditation object and you direct it back and you sustain it on that now the way this applies in your life is that uh, and, and you can do this as part of your meditation practice when we do some walking meditation just try to be completely in the moment and notice how much is present and notice how inadequate is your ability conscious awareness cannot encompass more than a tiny fraction of what constitutes the present moment and that of necessity attention focuses conscious awareness on a small part to the exclusion of everything else and so the reality that you live in then is one that is partly the result of selection is what your mind selectively attends to and what your mind selectively ignores this is the reality that you find yourself in 
and uh, in every circumstance, even in the concentration camps of Nazi Germany, there were people who survived uh, at, not just physically, but psychologically and spiritually survived because they recognized this and they chose to consciously direct and sustain their attention in certain ways rather than others. So in any circumstance, the reality that you're in is partly dependent upon what you attend to. And now, normally what happens is our attention is determined by all of the previous conditioning of our mind, by the mental state that we happen to be in. If we got up in the morning and spilled our tea and then something else happened and we got ourselves into a real grumpy, irritated state, then what we attend to is going to be determined by that and it's not going to be very much fun. So, in this sense, you know, we don't, we don't normally exercise any deliberate intentional control over how we direct and sustain our attention in our daily life. But if we recognize the value of that, then we can begin to practice that. And so if we practice directed and sustained attention in meditation, then we can get up from our meditation seat and say, the experience that I have for the rest of the day is going to be determined by how I direct my attention and what I sustain my attention on. And of course, anytime you start to find yourself unhappy, this is the warning thing. Ah, let me be mindful. What am I attending to? And you see, now this is this is a really important level of mindfulness. You're not being mindful of the ugly things that are disturbing you. You're being mindful of what your mind is doing. That, aha, my mind is attaching itself to these things instead of the other things that it could. So you're being mindful. Once again, you're being mindful of, uh, although not, although this practice doesn't involve the systematic feelings, mental states, phenomenon approach that the foundations of mindfulness does. It's doing the same thing. It's recognizing that that the phenomena that I'm experiencing are a function of my mental state and my mental state is, is causing my attention to be directed in a particular way. So if I wish to change my mental state, I need to redirect my attention to that which is positive. So once again, it's still a practice of, uh, of choosing between the wholesome and unwholesome and eliminating the unwholesome and uh, assisting the wholesome in arising. So these are different ways of practicing mindfulness in your daily life. And you don't have to restrict yourself to one or the other. You can practice them all. hope that's helpful to you. The whole thing with mindfulness is you say you're going to have it, and, and then you forget. And that's the same thing as what happens when you sit down to meditate. You say, I'm going to observe the meditation object, and then you forget. So every technique that you use in sitting meditation applies to developing, successfully developing mindfulness uh, in your daily life. So, you know, recognize those and apply them.